Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Out and About with Elaine. My name is Elaine LaRoche, and we only have seven more shows after today. That's right, December 17th, I am signing off for the last time. But until then, we have some great people coming on, and uh, today is no exception. Tis the season for those elections. So uh, a few weeks back, Tom Rafferty interviewed our Mayor Hero, and today we have the Sheriff on, and he'll be our guest in the 8 o'clock hour, along with... Uh, Richard Lunt, who will be coming on. So the, look forward to that in the 8 o'clock hour, like I said. So, whoo, I tell you, it's unreal, isn't it? All those, uh, and I have to apologize, last week we did have a show, um, but there was a computer glitch. And uh, But it really, uh, I realized how many fans I had out there and listeners because you woke me up at 705, 710s. <laughs> and all the emails that I got too. But uh, yeah, sometimes that happens. The computer just didn't run the show. So sorry about that. Yeah. You know, as I'm winding down my talk show, looking back on all the organizations, politicians, police, fire, celebrities, comedians, authors, musicians, educators, historians, I feel so very fortunate um, to meet so many great people too. You know, um, Oh, I tell you, it's been something else. And you know what? It's like I had to be really uh, clear about December 17th, and that is my last show, and um, and booking guests and trying to have everybody come on. So again, we have comedians and politicians, and our veterans agent's going to be coming on. Uh, Rep Hawkins is going to be coming on next week. Senator Feeney's coming on in December, and so many other um, organizations, as you will see. But, man, I will be very happy when the elections are over. So many phone calls, mailings, now text messaging. Are you kidding me? Text messaging me? Uh-uh, don't do that. I think you've really overstepped your your uh, place here when you're text messaging me. It really does turn me off. Um, have you seen all those new drug ads? Oh, my God. One of them in particular made the news, um, Ozempic. Claims that you can even lose weight. It's a, it's for people that have diabetes, and it's supposed to lower your A1C. And uh, but it said, and I even lost, you know, twenty pounds. So folks like Kim Kardashian thought it was a good idea to use it only as a diet aid. I am not kidding. This is medicine. This is not a diet pill or a quick fix or anything like that. And those side effects, yikes! So really. You know, if you really want to lose weight and everything, go to a gym, you know, portion control, drink plenty of fluids. And if you do join a gym, I mean, they have all these specials, you know, a dollar down, $10 a month. You know those those ads that we see. And they're going to get more and more as we get closer to the holidays, and especially in January. Uh, if you can hold off on a gym membership, boy, then you can really get some uh, great deals because they really want your business. But all in all, if you join any gym, they have professional trainers there, and um, and you get some personal training uh, when you sign up. Um, all the gyms that I've ever signed up for, they give you like three to five uh, private lessons. So um, and it's well worth it too, especially if you're joining a gym. So. Anyway, uh, seniors are getting an 8.7% increase in monthly benefits. And at first I thought, wow, that's really great. But then I was reading more people's comments online and newspapers and things. But it's still not catching up with the higher cost of living. You know, when a half gallon of milk is almost $4, eggs are over $4. 
I mean, it's cheaper to buy a hen, for God's sakes. Gas, clothing, other goods and services, they're up, up, up. My uh, friends who have oil heat got notified that their heating bill is going up for $5 a gallon. You know, this is, and then they're predicting that it's going to be a very, very cold winter. I mean, so then I was reading um, more articles about this, and I thought, well, how much would it be to catch up? It would take 20% to even break even. And one person wrote, you know, take care of American citizens that work for over 40 years, paid into the system, and supported our country. And so I say, you know what? You bring up a very good point, Ken. So thanks for writing that. But yeah, seriously, I mean, uh, it's great to have some, but when you're looking at the cost of living here, you know, I mean, it's like, what is it? Is it corporate greed? Is it, what is it? I don't get it. You know, I mean, I can understand the shipping containers out there, but the shipping containers of goods and services have been uh, moving quite, quite well. And I think that there's a lot of opportunists out there and uh, shame on those places that are uh, making us pay so much more. But anyway, let's find out what the weather's going to be like because our good friend Jim Corbin is on the line. And good morning, Jim. Boy, was it cold this morning. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good morning, Elaine and Mike and everyone. Yeah, it's chilly, although it's really not that unusual for this time of the year. We do have some areas of ground fog in spots uh, this morning, but we're going to have it yet again another sunny day. We've been on a really good streak uh, for the last several days of uh, hardly any clouds and uh, cool nights and uh, comfortably refreshing days as we go through this now, last third of October, and we're going to do it again for one more day today. So sunshine galore, maybe a few high clouds later on this afternoon. Uh, temperatures, though, are going to reach the mid and upper 60s this afternoon, almost getting to room temperature. Winds will be uh, still out of the southwest, about 5 to 15 miles an hour. So another beautiful day. Today is definitely... Uh, the pick of the weekend in terms of outdoor activities because we do have uh, some rain on the way for tomorrow. But not tonight. If you have evening plans, temperatures will be comfortable in the 50s and then falling back to the uh, mid to upper 40s. It'll be milder than recent nights tonight into early tomorrow. And then tomorrow we're going to be clouding up quickly in the morning and some rain is going to move in from south to north by the afternoon. So tomorrow, if you want to avoid rain, do it early. Uh, anything that's going on, avoid the raindrops early. And the further south you go, the earlier that rain could arrive. So if you're going to be down, say, near the south coast, Rhode Island, Buzzards Bay, could get in by late morning. And then certainly in the greater Attleboro area by early to mid-afternoon. Temperatures with a northeast wind and cloud cover not as mild as today, low 60s. And we're going to have rain off and on, maybe a few moderate elements tomorrow night. And then on Monday, it looks like it's going to be uh, cloudy with periods of rain or some light mist. Uh, a cool breeze, about 62 or so out of the northeast. Uh, right now, it looks like it'll be kind of a damp feel at the Patriots game, which is uh, Monday night, of course, playing Chicago. One of the worst teams in the league, so hopefully they'll win. Uh, temperatures upper 50s uh, at game time Thursday, I should say Thursday, Monday evening. And then it looks mostly cloudy, but a, kind of a break in the action on Tuesday with temperatures getting back into the mid and upper 60s. And we've got a couple of mild days for uh, Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday before another bout of rain, uh, potentially with a front coming in from the west on Thursday. Uh, Then it'll turn colder. We'll probably get some chilly weather moving in by Friday and a portion of next weekend. Now, of course, uh, next weekend is the weekend just before Halloween, 
We're seeing indications there could be some rain at some portion of next weekend and then colder, drier air for Halloween itself. We'll, as always, monitor that. But uh, this far out, even if you knew the forecast for Halloween, are you going to change your plans? No, probably not. So let's not even think about uh, what to do for Halloween if the weather forecast says what or the other. Mm-hmm. So again, so again, Elaine, we're looking uh, pretty good this morning. Uh, pretty much what we've seen the last several mornings, cool, but at least it's dry. Okay. Now, they're predicting that it's going to be a very cold winter because of, is it the El Nino or the other? Um, the combination of both. Really. It is a combination and, and, of both, the and, way that the cold air is coming and, through. Well, and, and there's also a forecast of above normal temperatures this winter for, for this area. So I wouldn't, you know, the big story really is just what you were talking about, the price of, of everything mm. uh, over the last few months, and including trying to heat your house. So we should be rooting for a warmer than average winter so that, uh, you know, we'll, many will be paying a lot more because just to heat their homes because of uh, nature being too cold. It's going to be cold anyway, no matter what. Right. So, uh, so we're still going to be paying, even if it's a mild winter, you still got to heat your home. It's not like it's mild and therefore you don't have to turn on the heat. So uh, it's, it's going to be a lot. So we should be rooting for a warmer than uh, average winter this year. And one of the forecasts from the National Weather Service is for that. Now, the old Farmer's Almanac is predicting near or below average. So uh, it's a it's a conflict in, in forecasts. It shows you how, how long-range forecasting is not really the uh, perfect thing uh, in terms of uh, all of us should be either worried or not worried. Just, mm-hmm. just go with the flow. Uh, we're going to have to pay no matter what. Even if it's a above-average winter in terms of temperature, uh, you still got to heat your home. So, uh, you know, let, let's just root for the best. I mean, for, for various reasons, all this is happening. Um, we all know it's all political. but um, So you got to do your vote November 8th and try to change all the crap that's been going on for the last couple of years with this administration uh, that's uh, – the Biden administration, you know me, Elaine. I'll all right, all right. Listen, we can't get political no. here now. Not no, until no, eight o'clock. But no, I do no, have no, a no. weather question. Will, one last thing. Listen, one last thing. no, one I got a. Qu- everyone, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Vote on November eighth. Yes, yes, yes. All right, go ahead. Yes, what else? What yes. Else? We yeah. will. We will definitely push that every show, James. Okay. Okay. Point well taken. Listen, I uh, wanted to know yeah. if there's any more hurricanes coming in the tropics and coming up because we still yeah, have hurricane to, season, right? Yeah, there's going to be probably at least one more. Some of our, well, It's good you brought that up, Elaine. One of our long-range charts shows a hurricane or a tropical system developing into a tropical storm or hurricane probably staying out at sea, but there still could be one more. And I believe the next on the list is Lisa So uh, because the last time the storm we had was Carl with a K. So uh, right now, it appears the United States uh, is not threatened by anything uh, the way it looks right now. But mm-hmm. uh, that, as always, that could change. But uh, right now, it looks like we're going to we're going to change. Uh, we're not going to have any threats uh, certainly here in New England. By the way, the low pressure area that's going to affect us uh, Sunday and a portion of Monday is not tropical, but it is coming up along the coast. So that would be a good thing. We still could use the rain. I was by the Hoppin Hill Reservoir the other day. And uh, it's still low, although it's not as low as it was a, a month ago. So we're, we're getting back. We're finally getting back closer to where we hopefully want to be. But still, most of the ponds and reservoirs are still running kind of low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know my sister, my brother-in-law, just left for Florida because they have a, their condo in uh, Fort Myers. And so they had actually lost uh, power and um, 
And then there was this whole thing about uh, the damage. The palm trees came down on the on the whole yeah. complex, and wires were down, and um, their carport and many others were ripped off and thrown into the canal. So they were kind of they left from from Rhode Island to go down there. They'll arrive on um, a few days from now. But my brother-in-law is very anxious to get down to see how much damage had been done. The electricity is now on, which is good. And uh, but they're saying don't drink the water just yet. So uh, yeah, no, I just a, hope that this hurricane season ends soon because Ian was just so devastating to um, to the United States. It was terrible, and and yeah, also the other countries too. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. It. It. it that's that's a, a big deal down there. It, it's it's going to take a, a long time to get back to, to normal uh, in in that part of Florida. And it was a worst case scenario. So yes. uh, the thought of it happening again anytime soon in that area is is probably more worrisome than anything but it's it's again the west coast of florida is much more vulnerable than the east coast because the water is shallow there in the gulf and it was really the storm surge but also the fact that it was a category four strong category four hurricane uh most hurricanes that hit that area over the years one category one or two uh you get minor damage but you don't get anything close to what they happened there so if it was the storm surge it was bad terrible Mm-hmm. If it was just the winds, it was terrible because it was a Category 4. Hopefully that area will not see a Category 4 again anytime soon. And that's usually the case. Climatologically, uh, it had been a few, uh, several years since even a Category 2 hit that area. So um, it's just, it, it, it is uh, just an awful situation down there. And the last thing we need is another tropical system. Uh, and right now, it appears that uh, nothing serious is going to happen. There could be a couple of areas of heavy rain that could come through Florida over the next couple of weeks. But uh, in terms of any major hurricane, uh, it's highly unlikely. So that's the good news. Okay. And when is the next full moon? When can we look forward to full that? Full moon, yes. I'm glad you asked. It's the 8th of November, and it's uh, one of my favorite moons, the full beaver moon. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, okay. Yeah, so it's, and it's the beavers, the beavers, that the animals yeah. that run around, yeah. and they're ready to make their dams. Uh, get ready for the winter. Full beaver moon on November 8th. And again, that is the magic day, election day. Full beaver moon on election day. Right. And that weekend, Saturday, Sunday, is the turn your clocks back an hour. Yeah, well, you know how I feel about that. Yeah, me too, because you wake up in the dark and you go to work in the dark. You come back home at 5 o'clock. It's still in the dark. It's like, oh, my God, I know. That's All right, Jim, I, I got to run. I'm up against okay. a break, but I'll talk to you next Saturday. Talk to you next Saturday. And again, uh, best day of the weekend is today. A little bit of rain tomorrow. Talk okay. To you next week. All right. Sounds Bye. good. Thanks so much as always. Take good care, my okay. friends. Stay safe out there. All right. There goes Jim Corbin, and we're going to take our first break. You're listening to Out and About with Elaine. This is Elaine LaRoche. Our number here is 508-222-1320, and I'll be back right after these messages. Good morning. You're listening to Out and About with Elaine. This is Elaine LaRoche. Welcome to our show. We only have seven more shows after this because December 17th is my last show here. Wanted to let you know that, speaking of last, today's the last farmer's market. Can you believe it? I know, right? We have Sabrina calling in at 745, and she'll let us know what's happening there. Um, As you know, I love to go down there right after the show and check out everything and I've had a great season meeting all the vendors and farmers there. It's just been really great. But, uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, well, 
fortunately for them because they started in June, but uh, it's I can't believe it because we've been saying this every single Saturday, you know, like last farmer's market is today, 9 a.m. to 1 o'clock at O'Connell Field, you know, so, uh, but I, and I will say this again, um, Sabrina and the volunteers deserve kudos for all the organizing of all the farmers and vendors. So congratulations to all of you for another successful season. You did a great job, really great job. A lot of new vendors and the old ones, you know, a really great mix of people and uh, products. And of course, our wonderful local farmers, you know, I always said buy fresh, buy local or buy local, buy fresh. And uh, because you can't get it any, any fresher. So, um, but yeah, it'll, uh, it's going to be bittersweet for them, I'm sure, because they've worked so hard all season, all through the summer, you know, through all kinds of weather. And uh, it's finally, today's the last day. I can't believe it. I can't believe today's the last day. But uh, it is such a great community uh, farmer's market that we have, and it's one of the best in the state. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it is. And if you've not gone yet, you still have an opportunity to do that today. And it's just really great. Plenty. When I tell you plenty of parking, it's unbelievable. And they do have the signs, you know, like you can park at Capron Park, that parking lot on the left-hand side. When you drive in on the left-hand side, there's plenty of parking there. But if you go down um, by the high school and that, um, O'Connell Field is right there, and they have a huge parking area, too. And if you're like me, I like to get down there like quarter after nine. Well, I mean, it, de- it depends. Like, I leave here, then I go straight there. So, um, but it's just really great. It's a great farmer's market. I love the vibe of it. It's so lively. I mean, you'll meet your neighbors there, you know, and, and I've even met my family there. <laughs> my son, Christopher, and the kids uh, like to go there, too. And... Um, But it's great. And if you get a chance, uh, please go down one last time. You know, Burgundian will probably be there with their wonderful breakfast sandwiches and and so many other Borealis coffee guys there and the salsa guy and uh, so many farmers. You know, they, oh, man, I mean, we even have an organic farmer that comes and they bring in all this fresh produce, too. And, And that's the best thing, too, because you might not know what you're having for supper, but when you go down to the farmer's market, you can pick up every single thing and have it, and it's just really great. And as we get into the 7.30, I'm going to read the um, the outs and about for 7.30 until quarter of, of uh, 8, and then Sabrina Collin at 7.45 to 8 o'clock, and then Richard, myself, and uh, the sheriff will be talking about um, his political agenda, and then I'll jump back on again from 8.30 to 9 o'clock to reading out and abouts, and we'll have a discussion with Richard at that time. So that's how our show is going to be going today. And uh, we try to, if you're wondering why are all these candidates coming on, we just thought, um, I thought it'd be a good idea for you to, to actually listen and meet the candidates. And we've seen all those political ads. I, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to reduce taxes. Well, how are you going to do that? You're just one person. You know, do you work well with people? I, I'm for a better education. Okay, so are you a teacher? Are you actually going to walk the walk and talk the talk? You know, I'm going to, um, I'm for lowering taxes. Well, I'm for, you know, going on vacation. But that ain't going to happen anytime soon either. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just rhetoric. And I don't like the political rhetoric, you know. Say what you mean and, and, you know, mean what you say, you know, and I'll vote for you, you know. Um, I know that um, 
you know, it's easy to criticize your opponent, and I don't think that that's the way to do it. I think that, um, and if you've watched television with Alan Fong and Seth Magazina, um, Governor McKee, I mean, everybody is like attacking everybody. You know what I mean? And it's like, come on, seriously? Uh, I just, I just, I can't wait for this to end. I really can't. And then it starts up again in another few years. But seriously, you know, I would like a politician to just stand on their record and say, look, this is what I am. This is what I've done. And this is what I'm going to do because I've done it. I want to continue my work that I've done already. You know what I mean? And then you can see, you can read in the paper, you can actually see things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, political rhetoric is, is, is just that. You know, it's a lot of hot air, and that's it. So um, I just think that, uh, give me some substance, will you please? Unreal. Oh, besides the last farmer's market, I wanted to tell you that the Attleboro Fire Department is having their, um, their open house. And uh, it's going to be today and uh, from 10 a.m. to 1 o'clock. Uh, but it's at the South Attleboro uh, Fire Station on West Street. So um, bring all the kids down because this is really fun. You can learn about fire safety and check out the, um, they say the apparatus on display. It's a fire trucks. The kids can actually sit in the fire trucks. And um, it's, just really, it's just really great. It's a family fun day the kids get free coloring books and trinkets and more and so much more so they're saying come on down so you can go to the Atterboro Farmers Market at nine o'clock and then you can take the kids down at 10 o'clock to the Atterboro um, Fire Open House I'm waiting for the um, spring where they have the fantastic breakfast let me tell you if they do that again in 2023 which I hope they do it's a community breakfast and uh, we always went over there and did a live remote and it was so much fun because you actually get to meet everybody you know you know the people that listen to our shows you know and it's just really great to see the kids and everything and uh but they couldn't do it because of COVID, and, and I get that. I get that. Everybody has to be safe. But, man, you know, um, I'm hoping that they will look forward to doing that, you know, and it would just be really, really great. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I do want to do a, um, a kudos of the week, and it goes to um, a police officer that's walking across um, our state, I guess, and um, – Basically, what he's doing is uh, raising awareness for suicide and mental health issues. Um, so some of the first responders are joining him this week, and his name is Doug Kingsley. And he's walking 219 miles from, oh, wow, the New York state border to the Chatham Lighthouse on Cape Cod. Wow. And he said he met and walked with local police officers as he went through the Foxborough and Mansfield area on Tuesday. Oh, my God. No kidding. He was here. He said that he'll arrive in Chatham on October 25th. And um, and this is just really great. And he's he's doing this to support a nonprofit organization dedicated to reducing mental health stigma among first responders. Now, if you remember, we had some first responders, uh, Pawtucket firefighters here a few weeks back and I was interviewing them and um and they went out on uh leave and they have actually turned this negative stress and post-traumatic stress into um a book of art and poetry to help them cope with this 
And um, and they were saying the same thing, you know, like there is a stigma attached to first responders. Um, and I can't imagine not being affected uh, when you're going out on a call. And um, and one of the, the worst fires in North Attleboro happened either the Christmas morning or the day before Christmas when a whole family um, died in a fire. And I'll, I'll never forget this. Um, the firefighter, I know his son is now chief, but it's a chief uh, firefighter um, and fire chief, I should say, of North Attleboro, Coleman, um, brought out a child in his arms. And that picture will stay with me for the rest of my life. I, I mean, it was just traumatic. And, you know, talking to him afterwards and that, it was just, how can you not be affected? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, everybody goes through tough times and everybody gets down sometimes, you know. But these guys are our first responders and they deserve a lot more support and respect. All right, my friends, listen, it's 7.30. I got to take a break per FCC. And on the flip side, I've got my out and abouts. And then I can't wait to talk to Sabrina and congratulate her on a successful summer farmer's market season. So listen, you're listening to Out and About Elaine. This is Elaine LaRoche. Good morning. And I'll return after these messages. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Out and About Elaine. This is Elaine LaRoche. It is Saturday, October 22nd. Oh, I know. This is the last week of October. Can you believe it? Where did the summer go? Where is the fall? Oh, my God. I mean, yes, I've seen uh, I've already seen Christmas stuff, and that's no surprise because it is October, right? So uh, probably next week we'll see Valentine's stuff on the shelves, and we'll have the heart candy and all that stuff. I mean, seriously, it's ridiculous. All right, my friends, so I'm going to read you my out and abouts for a little bit, and then again at 8.30, okay? So just as a reminder, the last farmer's market is today from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at O'Connell Field. Sabrina and volunteers did a phenomenal job all season long. If you played the lottery, I'm going to do the lottery too, okay? Uh, Mass Daily number is 6146. The Rhode Island Daily number is 3378. Mass Cash, 4713-2529. Mega Millions, 34, 36, 43, 45, 68, the plier is 2, and the mega ball is 22. Lucky for life is 14, 20, 27, 47, 48, and their lucky ball is 3. Just so you know, sunset time is 5.53 p.m. Yeah, I know. We're not going to see a 6 p.m. sunset for quite some time. And just so you know, November, you know, November 5th, that Saturday night into Sunday is... Daylight saving time where you turn back your clock one hour. So today, as Jim said, you know, highs are going to be 68 and sunny. Might even hit 70. Who knows? But tonight, low is 42. Rain comes in tomorrow afternoon. High is 58, low 53. It continues raining all Sunday night. Monday, rain on Monday. Rainy days on Monday. You know that song. Yep. High is 61, low 49, and it's raining Monday night, too. Blah. Tuesday, it's going to be a beautiful sunny day as the sun returns. High is 69, low 52. And Wednesday, there's a 60% chance of rain during the day. High 68, low 56. So I guess basically what we're saying is there's no more 90-degree weather. <laughs> so c'est la vie, as we say. All right, some of the um, out and abouts, the Attleboro Fire Firefighters are having their open house today. 
Um, the fire department has their annual open house today from 10 a.m. to 1, and that's at the South Attleboro Fire Station on West Street. So they're saying bring the kids down. You can learn about fire safety and check out the fire trucks. The event is family-friendly. All is good. Come on down, as they say. Um, today, Attleboro's holding their first downtown trick-or-treating. They want you to know that uh, they're calling all kids, come on down, dress in costumes and everything. And the event is going to be from 2 p.m. to 5. Participating downtown businesses will be giving out treats to those who stop by. There are 33 storefronts participating, and there'll be plenty of Halloween candy to go around. So, yeah, just make sure that you... Um, Check out all this wonderful things. And, um, yeah, and then you could stop at the Attleboro uh, Art Museum. They'll be crafting over there, too. So this is really great. It starts at Cuddy Court uh, off of Bank Street. Um, that's near Ryan and Sons. Uh, get a map, and then it would um, you can participate in, um, in that. That sounds like a really great, fun thing. Also want to let you know that the Greater Attleboro Area Council on Children is holding a donation drive. And uh, clothes and other goods collected will go to Savers to raise money for the council. It's a nonprofit to provide educational support and other programs for area children. So they're looking for uh, donations of clothing, shoes, bedding, towels, and accessories. And um, if you have small appliances, that's okay, too. They will accept that. And uh, you can drop it off at the Brennan School on County Street from 9 a.m. to 11 today. And uh, the final collection... Um, will be on October 26th, which is next week. All righty? Yeah. Now, the Attleboro Art Museum is actually doing their annual benefit art auction. And you can go up online, actually, and you can view all the items through November 5th. And if you want to come down and uh, actually bid on this live auction event, uh, you can go to the uh, museum on November 5th, the doors open at 5 p.m. The buffet is served at 6.15. Live auction starts at 6.30. Woo! Members, the tickets at the door are $35 and $40 at the door. And um, if you're a non-member, it's $45 in advance or $50 at the door. All right. So, yeah, gosh, I haven't seen a live auction in quite some time. So, uh, tis the season for all these holiday fairs and everything in between. So um, Bittersweet and Fall Fair is Saturday, November 5th. I can't believe it, but that's only a couple of weeks away. Um, and that's going to be from 9 to 1 p.m. And you're asking me, where is it? It's at the, um, let's see, Angelica Covenant Church on North Main Street. They're going to have jewelry, holiday gifts, Swedish imports, Mm-mm-mm. Swedish food. Oh, my goodness. I wonder if they have Swedish meatballs. We'll have to see. Knitted items and themed gift baskets. And I think that that is awesome. Mansfield is also holding an annual snowflake holiday fair. And that's at the Mansfield Congregation Church. They're saying, please come down. That's November 19th from 9 to 2. And listen to this. They have Grandma's Attic, Papa's Garage. They have many, many arts and crafts to purchase. Yeah. All right, I'm going to blast through this as fast as I can because I know that we have uh, a ton of other things going on. Oktoberfest at Patriot Place is this Saturday from 1 to 5 p.m. There's going to be traditional German yard games, including a stein-holding competition, keg-rolling, stein-racing, um, and so much more. I think that this is just really funny. And they have a German beer. 
and they have German bands too. And oh my God, they have arts and crafts, make your own pretzels, pretzel <laughs> necklaces, and more. Oh man, if I wasn't busy, I definitely would check that out. So um, <laughs> that's really awesome. Um, and of course, tis the season for trick or treating, and Patriot Places, no other. So come on up next weekend. Um, actually, it's Thursday, October. 27th from 11 to 1 and 5.30 to 7.30 at the North Marketplace. It's free. And, uh, yeah, so this is really awesome. So there's going to be a lot of candy and treats and everything. They want you to make sure that you check out every single uh, candy that the kids collect. There's some things that are not good. Some bad people are putting Skittle, can, uh, fentanyl in candy and skittles and things like that so please make sure you check out the kids candy before they eat them plainville lions club is having a spooktacular and it's going to be held today um, at telford park on south street from three to five they're saying that the event is uh kid friendly they have uh, children's story time haunted gazebo a food truck bags to decorate and collect candy with there'll be music um this is just really amazing. The, and you can bring your dog because the first 25 dogs entered, um, they're going to be judged. They have to be leashed, but uh, you can dress up your little canine, and it'll be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, let me just see. one. There was a couple more things I wanted to mention that folks have sent me. Um, okay, here we go. Rentham Artist Market is going to be uh, tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 2 o'clock, and that's at the American Legion in Rentham on South Street. They have great holiday gifts, um, glass mugs, cups, um, all kinds of gifts, soaps and beach glass art, kitchen linens, um, bowls and bread bowls, and so much more. I think this is really great. I mean, look at you know going out to these holiday fairs for Christmas ideas and Christmas gifts. Central Congregation Church, has uh, Christmas in Attleboro Falls from 9 to 3 p.m. on November 5th. They have takeout food. Um, they have um, boutique jewelry, handcrafted knitting, um, Christmas and season decorations, and tons of gifts for the holidays. They have homemade breads, fudge, and so much more. And they have soup and sandwiches for sale, too. So that's on uh, November 5th from 9 to 3 at the Central Congregation Church in Attleboro Falls. Okay, do I have, I have like 30 seconds before I have to, uh, <laughs> this is really crazy because I know that I've got so many more things, but I did want to mention Halloween, Plainville, I already mentioned that, forgot it, never mind, Atterboro Farms in uh, North Atterboro is having their annual holiday crafters market on Saturday, December 17th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. There's a variety of handcrafted items just in time for the holidays, and that's it for now because it is 7.45 and i got to take a quick break. Uh, Sabrina's going to be calling in shortly to tell us about what's happening at the last farmer's market today. And Richard Lunt will be talking to us from 8 to 8.30 with um, the sheriff. we got the sheriff in town. So stick around. We still have a lot more on Out and About Elaine. We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Out and About with Elaine. And on the phone we have... Sabrina from the Edinburgh Farmer's Market. Today's our last one. I cannot believe it that the time has come. Good morning, Sabrina. How are you doing and what's happening at the market today? Good morning. Um, it is our last market, so kind of bittersweet. Um, it's, a, it's a nice time of year for us to like 
regroup and think about what we want to do for next year, but I'm sad that this year is ending. So um, today we have uh, just a full market. Again, we have um, four different food trucks. Um, the Burgundian will be there. We have Matilda with empanadas, um, <clears throat> Darby's Pizza, and uh, oh, can't remember who the last one is. But we, we do have food trucks. Uh, we have music by our favorite DJ, uh, Bob K. And so he always has something fun for the kids to dance around or we're always dancing around. Everybody's always singing to whatever music he's got. I love, I love, I love when he's there at the market. He brings like really, really great energy and it's a good way to kind of end the season, I think. Um, so I'm excited about him. Again, all of our regular favorite vendors are there. Like I have to stock up on um, Borealis coffee to have it in my house and Hippie Pilgrim garlic salts for the holidays. Um, right from the vine, oils and vinegars. Um, Sano B Superfoods, so I have plenty of peanut butter for the rest of the year. Um, and of course, hopefully, we'll be able to reach out to these vendors and get um, their links and their website so that you can order online and um, reach out to them for when you're unable to get to a farmer's market because it's the winter and mm-hmm. we don't have them. Um that you'll still be able to get all of your favorite and, and products from them. So hopefully this year we'll, we'll have all the links to their websites on our website, which you can go to out of our farmers market.com and uh, find your favorite vendors and just click on the link. And then um, they'll take it from there. <laughs> if they, if, if they don't have a link, it does probably mean that they just don't have an online store set up. Right. Like the farmers, you know, like uh, what is happening with the farmers? I had to miss it last week because I was not feeling well. But what is coming to uh, the farmer's market? What crops are they bringing? Oh, um, today I'm getting acorn squash. um, And then those yellow, like uh, the spaghetti squash. Um, I've seen some pumpkins, not a lot, some pumpkins. There's still corn, believe it or not. which is great. Butternut squash, and I'm still seeing some kale, um, which I'm going to make some kale soup. It was a good idea that my daughter had this week, mm-hmm. make some kale soup. Um, so, yeah, I'm, we're thankful that they still have um, fresh produce coming to the market, and they, they will – most of the farm stands are still open at least through October, too, if they have their own – Farm stands. I mean, Langwater, I don't even know. They're open year-round, mm-hmm. I believe. Right. Um, Martinelli's, they're year-round as well. Um, they're in Situate, Rhode Island. Um, Cook Valley Farm, they have apples. Um, let's see. Langwater has apples. Meadowbrook Farm has apples. And apple cider. Mm, uh, yummy. That's another. That's another thing on my list today. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, there's uh, there's definitely still fresh produce that we uh, we can we have access to mm-hmm. even in New England. <laughs> oh yeah, I have a question. Uh, have you? I know that you're winding up the year, a very successful year, and congratulations to you and all your volunteers. But next year. Um, is there any chance that you would still be back at O'Connell Field? Yes. Great, yes. great. I think that the, I hope so. I really do. 
um, there is a chance that we can move too. You know, it's kind of up in the air. We're looking at different options um, in case we need to pivot and, and move somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But we're really, really, truly ho- hoping that we can stay where we are for so many reasons. Um, we're able to set up the market the way that we want. That does seem to be a successful layout for everybody involved. Um, the traffic flow is the biggest change, and we've always had a really good. Um, I mean, we have a huge turnout every week. We have mm-hmm. at least we have on average um, 1,500 people a week. That's that's on the even on the lower end, I think. But like, if we lose that parking. Um, right next to the field. I don't know the access to the field yet. Um, there will be parking. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't, it's not going to be right up against the field. So there's still some kinks to work out, and um, hopefully we will be able to stay there and it'll all work out and, and everyone will still be able to get to the field easily um, because people carry bags and bags of groceries, basically, leaving the, the farmer's market. And so nobody wants to have to walk too, too far to their car. Or um, Cabin Park is access to that field. Um, there's just not a lot of parking spaces. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Right. But that is right. That could be the parking. Mm-hmm. I see. Right. Was there any vendors that you could, that you really want to have back? Like say, oh man, they couldn't make it this time, but next year I definitely want to have them uh, come into the farmer's market. Was there any vendors that you wish that you had? I know there's you one know, that I wish you had is the the guy that sharpens knives and everything. Yes. Yes. And he, we did have it set up for him to come and then uh, schedules got, you know, um, taken over by too many events, and he wasn't able to make it. I would love, love, love to invite him back next year. That would be that would be really great. Mm-hmm. Um, Garden of Easton, they do all sorts of microgreens. They are a great little uh, farm, and they kind of got a little too big to work the market this year. So they were doing their own thing, and I would love they they did come to two markets in the mm-hmm. beginning of the year, um, but they're they just. They had a lot of customers, and they could only grow so much for their customers. So they weren't able to have additional surplus to bring to the market. So they they couldn't come. But I would love for them to be here next year. Right, Um, right. Enhance Me Superfoods, she actually has been at two markets as well this year, and I'd love to see her back. Um, She was a new vendor. Um, I, I have over 200 vendors that... Maybe 60 of them applied and weren't even able to make it to the market. We were just too full. Wow. To invite mm-hmm. them in. So right. I encourage everybody to keep an eye on our website. Again, Facebook, Attleboro Farmers Market. Find out when we um, have our applications ready and apply as soon as possible. We are we are not planning on taking applications after June 1st next year because mm-hmm. we do fill up so quickly. So um, keep that in mind. If you know anybody that wants to join the market, just have them apply as soon as possible. Right, right. Isn't that wonderful that you have so many vendors that, I mean, the word's gotten out that Attleboro is one of the best in the state. Isn't that great? It's amazing. I'm really grateful for our community that comes out every week and enjoys themselves. And um, it's not just a, 
I mean, it is a farmer's market. And that's what our goal is first, is really about food and farm. But by making it a whole a wholesome family event, we are really able to help the farms mm-hmm. and bring customers. And the community gets together and they, you know, they see their friends and their family. They bring their dogs. Um, it's just, it's an event and it's here every week and people come back weekly to do their shopping, to bring their dogs, to get their kids out of the house, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever the reason, um, right. we're bringing people together and we are bringing them to our farm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if nothing else, we have continued to accomplish our mission and we're just going to keep going as best we can next year too. Right. I mean, you had such a great variety of all the vendors. Every time I went, there was something new. The same, you know, like the farmers were great, you know, but you had such an eclectic uh, group, unusual, you know, like oils and soaps and um, all kinds of different things. The guy that does the silver jewelry, bends it all around to necklaces and bracelets and things. I mean, just unusual, wonderful things, you know, everything. And the, the home-baked goods there and uh, the lady that does the biscottis and, of course, our coffee guy, you know, and the salsa guy and the sauce guy. I mean, you had <laughs> – <laughs> there were so many different people. You, you really nailed it. You really did. You kept us going. Like week after week, I'd go and I'd see something different or somebody different different or several people and and community row um that was such a great success i hope that you continue that next year because that was really great pulling in the community and with all the food drives we had and and all of that so uh congratulations really really congratulations to you and your volunteers you really did a great job really did a great job and came through for the community we're so fortunate that um, you took the time and your committee had taken the time to put this all together because I know it wasn't easy, that's for sure. It's it's a lot of work, and ev- at the end of the day, um, I just have seen what a success it is and what benefits to our farms and all of these small local businesses, and it really just makes it all worth it. I mean, it's, it is. It's a lot, a lot of work that we all put in. Um, on market day and throughout the week, uh, you know, answering emails and phone calls and reaching out to people and making the schedule and just getting everything all set. And it's so great. I love the work that we do. I, I'm very thankful for the support from our community, um, from you, from all of the, the community organizations that come and give all that information of, of their services to our community as well. I mean, they're they're looking to recruit people, and then they also share the information that they're you know what their services are mm-hmm. doing for our community. It's just it it feels full circle really every week, and um, I am thankful to be a part of it. And our vendors have such great things to say about our community and um, how this market is going. So it's a good feeling. It is, and you've done a great job. And I will see you later. I've got to go because I'm up against a break. Thanks for calling in, and I will uh, check it out later today. I'll be down there a little after 9. All right. Well, we'll see, see you then. All Thank right. you. Thank you. Take good care. You too. Thanks. All right. There goes Sabrina. We're going to take a quick break, and on the flip side, Richard Lunt is in the house, and um, the sheriff is on his way, and uh, we'll be interviewing him in a, just a little bit. So stick around. You're still 
We still have another hour on Out and About with Elaine, and we'll be right back after these messages. All right, you people, good morning. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's Saturday morning, 8.05. Come on now. You got to get going to the farmer's market today at 9 o'clock. It's the last opportunity to uh, get down there and check it out. It's going to be awesome. And also, don't forget, at 10 o'clock, you can go down to West Street Fire, Fire Department's there. And uh, the kids can climb all over the fire trucks, meet the firefighters. They give them those great, uh, great um, red hats, you know, firefighter hats. And they have a lot of uh, fire prevention tips and things like that, too. So uh, go down. You've got it's a beautiful day. I mean, it's a it's a bit brisk, but it's a fall day. It's a typical fall day. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to bring in uh, Richard Lunt on air. And uh, we're going to talk a few minutes before the shower comes on. Um, he's running a little late, but that's okay. Uh, so good morning, Richard. How are you today? Good morning, good morning you lucky people. <laughs> <laughs> Did I wake him up? Did I shake him up? You, you woke <laughs> them up, sh- shook him up, and you know everybody's wide awake. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, last week when the computer glitched and we didn't have a show, I was getting calls constantly. So dead I know, air, dead air. What, what's going on? And the on? thing of it is, too, I mean, like with the emails and that, and it's like, guys, please. It's like I wasn't feeling well. But we had the computer going, but the computer didn't work. So Computers were made by humans mm-hmm. so just uh remember that exactly yeah yeah so how are you doing you're on the Wonderful, fast just track ducky. of the uh, republican uh party getting candidates and democrats too for an equal balance right equal, equal balance mm-hmm. yeah we we had the we had paul haro on a couple of weeks ago and now this morning we're going to have uh, sheriff tom hodgson on on this morning mm-hmm. sheriff hodgson and uh looking forward to hearing him and uh, talking with the sheriff about yeah the, he's the been campaign. making some news as Great far as guy, the yeah. uh uh yeah we'll have to talk to him about the rehabilitation mm-hmm. um program and why it's not successful and figure out what he wants to do different in the coming year you know if he's elected again so yeah. he's very very popular in the fall revenue bedford area right yeah very mm. very uh, prevalent in in uh, the southern end of the district and of course here too mm-hmm. we have a lot of uh yeah i've never supporters. met the gentleman i mean for the most part it's not an easy job i wouldn't think it'd be an easy job at all so um want to find yeah, out and what he the had challenges the, the are. endorsement of uh, governor baker and mm-hmm. lieutenant governor polito um who was that uh the lieutenant governor was uh at um his event the other night at the Whites of Westport, and uh, she really spoke very highly of the sheriffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a key endorsement right there. Um, right. Having the backing of the Baker administration. I would think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. Have, are you tired of what do you think of all these political ads that are coming on? Oh, a lot of money God. involved in the political ads. Mm. And, and, and sometimes you get to a point where, okay, I'm going to shut the TV off for a while and then. You know, and then come back, and then also we got robocalls too, and yeah. I, and, I, and I've been in behind the scenes where you know making phone calls for candidates, and that, you know that that's uh, that's that's fun actually uh, calling candidates <laughs> and rem- reminding them to not around and, supper time, not <laughs> around supper time. <laughs> I I block all calls. I mean I mean I really do. I don't answer, but I'm getting calls from North Carolina. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, no, like th- it's a company ones. down there that's you know, yeah. Robo some calling. some of the campaigns outsource to you know companies like that. Yeah, yeah, yes. and they have no clue. Uh, some some of them don't have enough information as far as um, 
the local races. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna hire a company, hire a local company and one would think so. Way. Yeah, yeah, one would think so. But I, I am so tired of these ads, especially and, you know, and the, the negative ads. You know, well, no, I'm doing local, and I'm I live in North Attleboro, but I get I pick up the Rhode Island, you know, ads too for governor and uh, the Senate races and Congress races, and oh my God, it's like make it stop, please. Ugh. Yeah, and then it's like the folks who live who, who live near the uh, New Hampshire border, Massachusetts, mm. New Hampshire border, they get flooded flooded with both, <laughs> you know, Massachusetts political ads and New Hampshire political exactly. ads. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like please make it stop, and it will be over in just a couple of weeks. I can't believe it that this is like the last full week of October. But God bless Oof. anybody who who runs. You know, they they have the passion and the drive to serve mm-hmm. the community and that's what the sheriff does and that's what, that's what uh, all those politicians all the politicians do, do. yeah yeah, that's yeah what we're the, very lucky to have like i i've i've met like um catherine de simone and other city councilors yeah, yeah yeah and they're really committed and um of course i have uh regularly uh senator feeney on and rep hawkins and rep hawkins is coming on next week but um the one thing the one thread through all of them is that commitment to serve? Yeah, commitment I mean, it doesn't matter and, uh, which party. I no, mean, you look at uh, Jay Barrows in, in uh, Mansfield and Steve Howard, both Republicans, and, and they're all about constituent services, just like Jim Hawkins and Senator Feeney. Mm-hmm. They they understand what's going on, boots on the ground here in the local level. Right. And they bring that experience to the the state house in for in the form of mm-hmm. legislation or helping people out, you know, f- fuel assistance and things of that nature. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was very fortunate to work at the state house for three years. I worked for um, Tom Kennedy, who was the chairman of the post audit and or- oversight committee. Yeah. He was a Brockton rep. Oh, okay. And that's what I did too. He, myself and the chief of staff. He would do the same thing. So. Yeah, why don't you go get your yeah, guests and bring, bring him, him in. in. Okay. He'll sit right next to you, and uh, we'll be all set. So anyway, folks, we're just going to take a pause here because the sheriff is in town. <laughs> I know, it's funny, yeah. If you have a question, you're welcome to call in, and um, and I invite you to do that at 508-222-1320. So again, our number here is 508-222-1320, and... Um, Richard is going to be bringing in um, our sheriff, who's running for re-election. All right. So I hope that you get a chance to go to the farmer's market. And uh, anyway, I was waiting for Richard, but he just disappeared with the sheriff. So I don't know what the heck is going on. But it's live radio, and Mike and I are looking at each other going, yep, when it's live radio, anything can happen. And it generally always does. Gosh sakes, I don't know. Next week, just so you know, we do have Representative Hawkins on in the 8 o'clock hour um, for equal time. But then uh, I want to give him like the 15 minutes of a legislative update that we do, okay? And then um, other guests will be on is uh, folks from all kinds of walks of life, from comedians to real estate to um, Senator Feeney's coming on, and I've even act- actually, uh, Gene Valicenti from Channel 10 wants to come on again, so I'm going to make room for him either in November or December, and as you know, our last show is um, December 17th. Yes, we are. So anyway, uh, yeah, we're doing good, and I think that um, it's really important to have a balance of all these candidates 
Okay. Well, talk to me, Richard. <laughs> talk to me, kiddo. Because what's going on? Where is he? Okay, he's, he'll be back in a minute. Yeah, he's in the bathroom. Okay, all right. All right. So anyway, folks, yeah, we. if you have a question for the sheriff, our number here is 508-222-1320. And I hope that you do get the vote. Get out the vote. Nice to meet you. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Richard. We're getting everybody situated today. <laughs> it has been a morning, that's for sure. It's going to be great. And uh, if you're out and about, like I said before, this is the last, unfortunately, this is the last farmer's market. So uh, we want to make sure that um, you get out and about today. And also one more reminder that the Attleboro Fire Department is having their open house on West Street. So, having said that, I'd like to welcome you to our show. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, coming on and taking uh, part of your Saturday morning and coming on our show today. Well, it's happy to happy to be here, and I apologize for being a few minutes late. Not uh, a problem. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> getting ready for our big standout in Mansfield today. So, oh, yeah. great! Yeah, we figured we'd get you first, you did. and then you can go up to Mansfield. You did. So you that's did. great. So How, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So tell us what's going on. Uh, I know the race is heating up and everything, and uh, you've made the newspaper quite a bit. What are some of the challenges of your job? Well, I heard you open uh, in the intro saying that we, you know, we, we were not our programs weren't working and that we needed to talk about what we were going to do to fix them. That's actually not true. Okay. Uh, we probably have as many, if not more, programs than most sheriff's offices in the Commonwealth. Um, <clears throat> the programs are working very well. We have vocational programs. We just added two um, tractor-trailer simulators. We have uh, uh, two um, welding simulators, and. And we also have, of course, a lot of education programs. We've been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the, the challenges going ahead have a lot to do with the mental health challenges in the prisons across the country. It's, um, it's a huge problem. Um, in Massachusetts particularly, they shut down the mental health hospitals years ago under Dukakis. And so they basically said, look, we're going to make the prisons the mental health facilities. Uh, so what mm -hmm. happens is um, all over the country, we, we are constantly having to pivot come up with new strategies, protocols, depending on the populations. Fentanyl is a big problem right now. We've had an Arcan three of our officers on duty. One we almost lost while he was searching a cell. Um, <clears throat> these are the same problems every sheriff's office has in the nation. Mm -hmm. The great part about all this is that we've been nationally accredited not once but twice by the American Correctional Association, which is the gold standard for corrections operations. Mm -hmm. um, that, now, that's not to say we're not constantly having to move along and pivot for new things that are coming in, when you figure out how inmates are trying to smuggle something in and, they, and you figure that out, they come up with a new way. So it's, 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 it's just a constant. The other thing that's happened with us, and we have continually uh, got national accreditation from the National Commission on Correctional Healthcare. They come in, these commissions come in, every, three people, in this case it would be a doctor, uh, actually a doctor and two other people came in, and they're there for three days. They'll walk up to an officer and say, What's your mental health policy on this? They'll go in and take files out on suicides, on other mental health treatment, and they look at them and they grill into these things for three solid days. It's, it's, it's pretty exhausting for, for the staff, but it, it, needs, it needs to be done because mm -hmm. we're always looking. We want to always be measured against the best standards. Sure. We've been nationally accredited by them year. Well, we do it every, I think, two years or three years. But every time they've come in, we've been nationally accredited. So, so we're doing all the cutting edge things. Mm -hmm. the, the challenges, of course, we have challenges right now in New Bedford Police and some of the other PDs have told me that they have a problem because juveniles, uh, when they have to be held, 
they're having to take them up to the up to the western part of the state because there's nowhere for them to, to place them. So it takes two officers off the street that they are already short staffed most police departments, mm-hmm. and it creates a big risk for the other officers on the, in the in this in the community, and it creates uh, more liability or a potential crime going on that otherwise could have been prevented. So so they're you know I'm talking to them about possibly. Um, either having our deputies transport on call or that we will um, try to see if we can retrofit something. But there are different standards for juvenile. I see. Can we circle back to the mental health component? Sure. For, um, because I know that if, if you don't have that support, if you don't figure out what you're doing wrong, um, you know, mental health counseling is so important. Yes. Would you increase that uh, policy at every um, location, do you think that maybe coming into this year, maybe looking at more and more because suicides or repeat offenders, like they need to be, you know, like you have all the education for rehabilitating, which is wonderful, but I'm just wondering, would you ever think or consider adding more counselors and more intense support groups for these uh, offenders so they kind of get straight? Sure. And, um, we, all, we always look at whether or not we can add additional uh, support for the inmate population. Our, our, our job is to keep them safe, mm-hmm. right, and to make sure that they're, they're cared for while in our custody. Um, we have the person that runs our medical unit is a psychiatrist. He owns the company. He, this, this, this gentleman has studied suicides for two decades. He gets a, a notification every time there's a suicide in the country. He's come up with new ways to try to invent, to try to see if there's a way to to preempt it, he's been working on a bracelet that actually um, would, when, when someone's getting ready to commit suicide, their, their pulse suddenly sh- shoots up. I always thought it would have been less, Me right? Too. Most people yeah. did. Yes. He's trying to work on a, a, an alarm for anybody that we think is a mental health risk where they would have that bracelet and it would be tied into a control alarm at the, at the officer's desk. So if somebody was starting to think, they could immediately go to that location. We've been on the cutting edge of this stuff, as, as most sheriff's officers are, because that's a that's a big priority. It's a big problem. Mm. Um, <clears throat> my opponent, you know, was saying the other day on a, on a radio show, "Well, show show us the proof. You have the highest suicide rate in the state." That was over a I think I forget what the years were that they did the study. Well, Suffolk's right behind us, and he said, "Well, show it. You don't have any reviews. Every single one of those should be independently reviewed. They are. The, the state police and the district attorney come in independently, and they they they." look at the entire situation, they mm-hmm. investigate it. And of course, the NCCH looks at all our suicide uh, reports and, um, <clears throat> and the incidents. And they've said, we have, not only would many facilities in corrections be jealous of what we have, but we not only are meeting the standards, we're exceeding them in many areas of mental health. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so <clears throat> but to, that's not to say to your, your point, we're always looking. That's why my people are always pushed to higher levels of excellence. I, I, I created, when I took over, a management accountability program. Nobody in the state has it. Mm-hmm. And that management accountability program measures 250 operating indicators every day on every shift. How many meals are served over time? How many maintenance slips are outstanding? How many were completed? And mental health issues. How many are on uh, psych meds? How many are on other kind of meds? We measure all that. And we have, a, we have a mental health staff that pays attention to all of the, the population coming in, and there are people that are on mental health watches. Is there a question for the? And okay. some on eyeball watches. All right, put them on. <clears throat> Good morning. You're listening to um, our conversation this morning. You have a, a question for the sheriff? 
Yes, good morning, good morning. Uh, to both of you. Uh, Sheriff Hudson, the other day in your debate with uh, Mayor Haru, you specifically referred to the fact that uh, Maura Healy, as Attorney General, uh, has not represented you as a uh, municipal employee, so to speak, in various cases uh, over the years. Would you agree that's because she may not have agreed with your uh, alleged behavior or action or inaction? And that's the first quest part of the question. And the second, and as a result, didn't you personally hire attorneys to represent you in a uh, private or individual capacity and have to spend millions of dollars of taxpayer money to defend you in these cases? Great question. I'm glad you asked it. Um, Mara Healy couldn't, didn't represent us and, and many other sheriff's offices because she was spending all her time uh, filing. She filed more lawsuits against the Trump administration than she, and enjoined herself in those than she did doing her job here in Massachusetts representing us. That's, that's the first answer. The second thing is, as you, as you well know, caller, she sent a letter in 2018 calling on the governor to do a full audit of the Bristol County Sheriff's Office because you and your left-wing groups were saying that the, the facility was filthy, we weren't treating our inmates right, in spite of our national accreditations, and you've never been in there. But, but on top of that, she said she wanted the DOC, the Secretary of Public Safety, to go in and do a full audit. They do that twice a year, in addition to the feds, in addition to our ACA accreditations. So, so it was strictly another political move on her part to try to gain some political ground. And the reality is, in the end, the governor did nothing with it. You know why? Because he knew exactly what it was. It was a, it was a political move. And guess what? When he didn't do anything, she never said another word after that. And then you can go to the, when she, she did her, her, her really poor, poor investigation on that on that ICE detention facility, which was actually uh, promulgated by a lot of the things that these left-wing groups like yours were doing, sending money into these guys, trying to encourage them that, oh, you should be able to get out on COVID, uh, the stuff you've been doing for 25 years. So the bottom line is this. Um, we have to, unfortunately, in the, in the case where Mara Healy said, we want, you know, you all, I have information from, from all these different sources, never named them, never called me to say she had any of this information to begin with. Just went to the newspaper and to the governor, uh, which, and none of it was, was true. But the, but, the, but the truth is, because she did that, she prejudiced her ability to represent us. Because then when she goes into court or her, one of her assistant uh, uh, US, um, excuse me, um, attorney generals goes into court, and tries to defend us, the first thing these, def- these people are going to say is, well, didn't you say that the sheriff's office was filthy and all of that? You know, so, so Mar Healy actually playing politics did a complete disservice to the people of my county and exposed us to having to pay the taxpayers to pay more money for lawyers they never should have had to pay for. And yes, we had to hire people to defend the taxpayer. And, and we will continue to do that every time the, we have jailhouse lawyers, and so does every other sheriff's office around the country. Everybody gets, this is a business where they sue all the time. It's nothing, no surprise, nothing new. And you, caller, know exactly what all that was about. Thank you. Well said. Richard, do you want to chime in? So, yeah, let, let's talk about um, the, the endorsements that you've received, and that, that's a credit to your, to your tenure as sheriff. Yeah, you know, I'm so proud of uh, having been endorsed not only by uh, the governor and lieutenant governor, by uh, former Attorney General Francis Bellotti, who's a Democrat, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Actually, yeah. he was at my event the other night. And he, he comes was. every year. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. He always says, you know, you're my sheriff. 
Um, his son, his uh, son doesn't like that too much. You know, oh. Mike. Mike's a good friend. Uh, but but the reality is, um, yeah. And and we got state police. Um, all the law, these law enforcement agencies are not every one of them. We but but a lot of them. Dighton. Um, we have Dighton and uh, let's see, New, New Bedford, Bedford PD. Yeah. We have uh, uh, state police. Uh, we all the law enforcement agencies are have been been that. that in Behind addition to the, into the, not every one of them, but as I say, many of the, many of the law enforcement agencies have come out on their own. I, we're not seeking them out. I've never really asked for endorsements in the past. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, and, um, and, and, and I'm just so proud because I think they know, they have their boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. the, the former attorney general certainly is one of the most highly respected people in, in, Absolutely. in the Commonwealth. Who yeah. I just think is an amazing man who's got great honor. Um, and and also the of course the governor lieutenant governor that that is is obviously very important. Yeah, and that well. great great administration uh, to work with too. Yeah, they they have been they have been and you know so we haven't always agreed on things. Yeah, and that's the thing the governor points out. Yeah, that's 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 the way it's supposed to be. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But but he said but you know what when it comes to public safety and standing up and speaking out for the people we're behind him a hundred percent. So that's you talked great. about that's yeah that's I'm very great. proud to have that. Yes, uh, it means a lot to me. I I, I think the world of them and they both have devoted in their families mm -hmm. a lot of sacrifice, you know, going around the state uh, for the years they've served. And um, and people ha can have different opinions, you know, in America today. Mm -hmm. I wish, I have, I have 12 brothers and sisters, three quarters of them are Democrats. I love every one of them. I do. And we have different, <laughs> no, seriously, though, we yeah. have different points of view. And that's right. the way it should be. Sure. You Absolutely. know, we need to listen yeah. more to each other. And maybe we find that, hey, there's some parts of my idea mm -hmm. that I could amend or might make me stronger. If I if I just sort of absorb why where are they coming from why are they coming at it that way right I wanted to ask you too uh, about your budget um, would you be asking for more money for more programs uh, to me I'm thinking you should because of the fentanyl and all these other things that are happening um, in the in the system in the criminal system and wouldn't it be great to have um, on site more facility more opportunities for these repeat offenders yeah you know uh always i mean uh, justifying that definitely yeah and, and I, I i agree with you hey, look um it's no secret i'm a republican and um i've been in uh the biggest democrat enclave in massachusetts and my delegation down there's not uh it's mostly almost all democrats of course mm -hmm. but um but i've consistently and if you look over the years and i have the charts of where the democrat the de democrat sheriffs were always given more money than the republican sheriffs not in every single case, but for, for a long time. And, um, and we were always the ones at the bottom because I'm the most outspoken. So that, there we I go. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, but, but you know, um, we, we're generally underfunded anywhere from five to ten million a year. And then what they do is they make you, you tell them what you need, then you have to do these up, updated uh, spending reports and, and, and all of this throughout the year. And eventually... You generally, you're going to get exactly what you asked for because that's all we wanted. We didn't uh -huh. want anything extra. And, uh, and then the next year, if they gave you that money, say, say that you asked for f $30 million, right. and they actually gave you 25 So then over the year, they finally gave you the 30 at the very end. Then, then next year, you say, okay, I need 32 because of the price increases. Uh, the costs have gone up and whatever mm -hmm. else, contracts. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and they say, okay. They're not going to give me the 30 they gave me the year before. They're going to give me the 25 again that they fell short the year before. And then they keep asking, why does the gap get bigger and bigger? Well, cause, because you all keep sticking with this number back here. And you make 
and, and it's not a way to do business. I told the speaker several years ago, I said, why won't the state adopt this program that I've created? You'll save billions of dollars if you do that. If you make managers accountable, looking at it month to month, mm-hmm. where are the anomalies? Okay, I'm falling, I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of my projections or behind in my projections on my overtime. Okay, we're gonna ask you are, in, in say the September meeting, are you aware of it? Number one, number mm-hmm. two, what are you doing about it? Because we owe that to the taxpayer. Right. I've been doing that. Right. I'm the only one that does that, right? And I've been doing it for almost 25 full years. And that's results-oriented, too. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely mm. is. And we save hundreds of thousands of dollars because my managers know. You have to be accountable. Right. And we're looking at these numbers month to month. It's published. We have graphs. We have all kinds of things. We've been doing that almost since I took over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a great <coughs> model for not just the sheriff's office, but bi- in business in general too. Like, well, think about yeah. the state. So I said to the speaker, I said, let's just take DPW in the state. Mm-hmm. How much asphalt are you placing, and in what parts of the state is it being done? Because this this someone has more political clout over here, so you get there that that area is getting more asphalt than they should, and somebody else is losing out. Is it done? Is somebody taking some of it home and putting it in your driveway? Nobody knows. Ooh, you know, yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not saying anybody is, but I'm just saying these are the things you have to watch because, because otherwise you're really not representing everybody. Everything's going through a political filter, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're looking like you have to go to break. I do have to go. I'm looking at the clock, and I, we missed one, but i got to do this 830. i got to be on time. You're listening to Out and About with Elaine. Good morning. Our number here is 508-222-1320, and we'll return right after these messages. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Out and About with Elaine. This is Elaine LaRoche, and our number here is 508-222-1320. All right, Richard, go ahead. You take it away. Well, let's talk about the, uh, the, media, the media issues, the political action committee that is targeting your race in addition to other races as in the sheriff as sheriff races. Let's yeah, you know, uh, ACLU, Southern Poverty Law Center, that whole crowd. They, they they they've been coming after me for years, but they've sort of stepped up their their uh, uh, their their support of my opponent. Um, you know, he went to Washington after he got elected as mayor to find out from somebody group down there that what he should run for, as as he put in the Attleboro Sun. Um, and when he a- was asked, he said, "Well, I, I don't." I don't know till I um, come back from Washington, and then if I decide to run for one of these two offices they told me to run for, uh, I'll let you know. But not till after my inauguration. Um, and then right after that, he announced he was running for mayor, uh, in spite of the fact that people had just given him his vote to for, for yeah, the term, which, which is his business, and that's fine. Right. Um, but but the long and short of it is. Um, these groups, he's all part of. These groups are all supportive of him. The, uh, Bristol County for Correctional Justice, these uh, Coalition for Social Justice. Uh, you know, the guy, one of the guys that's most involved in that is a guy who spoke before the Communist Convention in Chicago yep. about a year or two ago, um, and um, and they're they're tied into this idea that you know that the really the the victims aren't ex- don't exist. The criminals are the real victims. And they have this idea that you know the criminals that we're we're trying to make sure aren't on the street victimizing people are on the streets with no with, you know, no cash bail. They don't have to. They they they're constantly finding reasons why they want to get get them out. That happened with that ICE detention facility. They were doing the same thing. Yeah. And these are all the people surrounding my opponent. And um, and late the latest one was Bloomberg, right? Right. Bloomberg. The Bloomberg. Yeah. Uh, the Bloomberg pack. And uh, and of course they're targeting me and one of the sheriff in the country. Uh, and, and, and for obvious reasons, right? They, they want their agenda pushed forward that it's sort of like, no, we have to, you know, the criminals are really the ones that are being victimized. And, you know, it's not right that they're in jail. They shouldn't be. They should be out in the street. 
and, and, and the people who are on the street, look at New York, look what's going on. I don't want Bristol County to end up being New York or Philadelphia or any of these other places. Yeah, absolutely, because you're trying to make uh, Bristol County safe. Yeah, I, 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 I took an oath and I made a promise. You did. Yeah. And, 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 and I often say, and I've been saying this for 25 years on the whole illegal immigration issue, I've testified before Congress many times. I've been to Washington. I worked with Barney Frank and Henry Hyde on a bipartisan immigration bill for immigration reform. I passed the House, never made it through the Senate. And, and I knew back then they're playing politics with this thing. And kids and parents are losing their loved ones um, because they don't, they, they're going to say, we'll pick and choose. We're not going to change the law. We're just going to allow people that we think can come in here in violation of the law. And look what's going on with fentanyl. We're losing 9,000. 9, 9,000 people a year, just to fentanyl, young adults, 300 a day, wow. 300 a day. And, and it's basically they're saying, you know what, Mrs. Jones, Mr. Smith, yeah. this is going on for 25, your sons and your daughters who died yesterday, their lives don't matter. And neither do the five or 10 that are going to die tomorrow. You know why? Our politics are more important than your kids' lives. And that's the God's honest truth. I've been dealing with this for 25 years, watching Congress just say, you know, look, look at my orcas. The border's secure. There's no, no don't, you pay no attention to what's behind this curtain at the Wizard of Oz. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Because yeah. that's what they've been doing to the American people, thinking we're stupid. Especially this administration bringing in illegals across across the border. Yeah. And the fentanyl, too. Yeah. And that's a big, big problem. Yes. And, right. and, so, and so my whole point in all of this is these groups, my opponent's associated with all these groups. I think, you know, he, he, he did like 40 appearances on, on uh, uh, Vladimir Putin's a Russian propaganda TV station. Yep, he, he, he did 40 appearances on there. It's been, if you Google it, you'll see it. Uh, and you go there and you can see the experts saying, this is a propaganda network um, of, of the Russian, um, of, of uh, Vladimir Putin. And he has appeared on their Russian TV claiming he was a Middle Eastern expert because he lived in, in, the, in the Middle East for a year or two, he went over there. Um, and I, I remember asking the last debate, well, have you been, have any, any American stations asked you to be on to talk about that? Um, and obviously the answer was no, and mm -hmm. there's a reason for that. So the long and short of it is, it's not, when, when you, people tend to hang with people they're most like. The fact that my opponent is, is all surrounded by and supported by, I mean, that New Bedford Light group down in New Bedford that wanted us to do this conversation. <clears throat> One of the guys, <coughs> excuse me, that's very involved in it. These are all part of these this same way of thinking, right? Mm -hmm. and kind of uh, like an affinity group. <coughs> yeah, yeah. And they basically, I mean, the, the, their board, their founders, their family members have all given a ton of money to my opponent, right? Mm -hmm. And they wanted me to go on, and they suggested this is going to be a very fair and balanced conversation that we're going to have. Unfortunately, when they they asked us, we had already committed to other, others, and we didn't have the time, obviously, with our all the things going on. But right. <coughs> the long and short of this is. These groups have been doing this for years, and they, they, they want our area not to have the strength that we have on the public safety front that my staff have been working on for so long, the, the uh, partnerships we have with all the PDs, the work we're doing in the schools. We just did Attleboro's. Um, we, we do these um, uh, programs with our comfort dogs, with our COVID dogs. We're the first two COVID dogs in the nation. Um, we, um, we have a coalition now of 38 dogs. Uh, co comfort dogs that respond to situations like the Attleboro, the two kids that uh, sadly were killed yes. in a car accident the yes, next day. Yes, I remember that. Uh, that Monday, right. <clears throat> excuse me, following that accident, we were in the school, over here at the high school, with all these different co COVID, uh, excuse me, comfort dogs right. from our coalition. 
so that the teachers that were impacted, the kids that were impacted, it, it, it kind of gave them some sense of comfort and took their minds into, you know, <clears throat> dog, you know, animals can do that, particularly dogs, right? But, but we, we also trained canine for, for law, all the law, different law enforcement agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, we, of course, I, I started the Homeland Security Task Force. I'm, 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 I'm trained in incident command. Um, you know, I've, I've graduated from the, down in Quantico from the FBI Leadership Academy. I've got, uh, I've got extensive law enforcement experience. These partnerships are so important for the job of sheriff because you're the national, you're, you're, I mean national, you're the county sort of model that brings everybody together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we have consistency of response, operating standards, all these things. And we've been building this for years and years and years. And my opponent has always said, the job of the sheriff is just corrections. Well, that's because he doesn't have law enforcement yeah. experience and, and wants and it to be that conversation. And there are people saying, uh, well, the, the job of sheriff is uh, just a, a babysitter, but it's more than that, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It? Oh, yeah. oh, it's far more than that. It, look, when I took over, I said, I took the weights out, donated to Boys and Girls Club and the police stations. I took the TVs out of the cells. Yep. I shut down the gymnasium. I donated the glass. We have one of the nicest be- uh, gymnasiums in the, in the entire county. Glass backboards, um, uh, scoreboards, all kinds of stuff, bleachers. I donated the bleachers to the junior high in Fairhaven because the parents are sitting on the floor watching the game. And I'm saying, wait a minute, why are they sitting on the floor watching the game? And we got these things in the prison. These guys shouldn't be sitting around watching TV, playing cards, and lifting weights. Nobody taught them about responsibility. Let's channel them. If you gave me a choice between that and going to an AA program, substance abuse, going to the vocational programs to get my high school equivalency or whatever, I'm watching TV, playing cards, and lifting weights because that's all I ever knew. Right. Why would I fail them and why would I fail society so i said no we're gonna you can you can either sit in your cell and be bored or go to a program to help yourself and guess what now i have one of the highest high school equivalency graduation rates and you know why and i've had many amens thank me in there and out in the street because somebody finally cared enough to say no this isn't about babysitting anybody this is about helping you get to a better place and when i took over i said we're going to add more tools to their life skills toolbox so they get on a trajectory and never come back. That's my charge. Right. Always has been, always will be. Right. If I don't, then I'm basically sending them out as bad or worse than w- when they came in, and I'm failing them and I'm failing society because there's going to be more crime, and they won't have ever changed those learned behaviors to be more productive and assimilate. That's the name of the game. And that, that's why you, you continue to run for re-election and, and want want the job is because you're making a difference. Yeah, and I'm passionate about it. I devoted my career to law enforcement. I've I've 25 years experience as a sheriff, two and a half before that in in the uh, working for the uh, former sheriff as head of internal affairs. I was head of their canine, head of law enforcement. I was the liaison to the chiefs of police because I had all that experience. Yeah. And so um, obviously when the governor appointed me, uh, he understood that. And I told him, I know the systemic issues. I, I, I've been running internal affairs here, the criminal division inside. I know the systemic issues and what we need to do mm-hmm. to build this department to where it is and look where we are. Yeah. I have an amazing staff who've done a phenomenal job and uh, I couldn't be more proud of them. Uh, they, they've worked hard. We, we continue to climb. I always tell them, hey, we're going to climb this next peak. We'll get to a plateau and we start climbing again mm-hmm. because there's always things evolving. We always want to improve. Um, our inspections, like everywhere else, I mean, nobody wants to see the, the DPH report of their favorite restaurant, right? Uh, but, but the truth of the matter is, you're, I'm running a 24-hour-a-day, 365-day-a-year facility with people who didn't really learn even good hygiene. So our staff, we got several buildings. Our staff are constantly 
We have standards. When you walk in the Ash Street Jail, the oldest operating jail in the country, people are amazed. Lizzie Borden was housed there. You literally could eat off the floors in that place. I just did a tour with the uh, New Bedford uh, uh, Police Academy, uh, Citizens Police Academy. Mm-hmm. But they were amazed. And the guy from New Bedford PD that was, uh, that was leading the group, he worked there. He said, is anybody in here? I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm not hearing a peep. This is like 7 o'clock at night. You could not hear a peep. Not because people couldn't talk to each other, but because they just were very comfortable where they were. Mm-hmm. They had standards. We have standards. You walk down those tiers. I'm telling you, 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 could, see, you could see your reflection when you look in that floor. That's and that wasn't like that when I took over. I have just one more minute. Sure, So I'm sorry. I want you to go ahead and give a plea of why people should be voting for you and how do they contact you. Okay, go. thank you. Th- th- this, is, this is really an important election. It, it really has to do with the reclaiming of the rule of law in our, in our country and making sure that we're carrying forward the standards that everybody expects to keep them, their families, their neighborhoods, and this nation safe. Uh, I've devoted 30 years of my life uh, to, to passionately to, to public safety uh, to the corrections aspect of making sure we're doing everything we can uh, to maximize that, that ability that people will walk out and feel okay in their neighborhoods and not think they're going to get uh, into problems. And, uh, and to that end, of course, I would, I would appreciate the honor and the privilege of having everyone's vote to continue doing what we've been doing. And, um, and people can reach me at SheriffHodgson.com, SheriffHodgson.com, and they can actually go there and see uh, not only what we're doing here, but they can also visit our website at the Bristol County Sheriff's Office and take a look at all the programs, all the things. If they have questions, they can see for themselves. Uh, I appreciate, Elaine, you having me today. And, and, and Richard, thank you. Um, it's been great. And again, um, God bless your listeners and God bless this nation. Well said, and I thank, thank you, you very much for your time. We're going to take a quick break, and on the flip side, I have a lot of out and abouts, and I hope you get to the farmer's market today. You're listening to Out and About with Elaine. We stick around. We still have a lot more when we return. All right. Wow, today has gone by so darn fast. This is Elaine LaRoche, and with just a few more minutes left, our number here is 508-222-1320. Oh, my goodness. Wow. All right, my folks, uh, just as a reminder, today is the last farmer's market. Mm -hmm. It is 9 a.m. to 1 at O'Connell Field, Sabrina, and volunteers deserve a big kudos for organizing all the farmer's markets and all the vendors. Congratulations, everyone, for another successful season. So like she said before, they're going to have over four food trucks, a DJ, Barilla's Coffee, they have oil and vinegar, uh, apples, fresh apples and cider and superfoods and peanut butter and acorn squash and all that other good stuff and like she said they are going to have um the farmer's market again next year same place so that's great as a reminder the Attleboro fire department is holding their open house today from 10 a.m to 1 on south Attleboro fire station on west street so um as you're doing your grocery shopping and all that good stuff um you know Take a, take a break and go down and say hi, especially if you have kids and they can climb all over the fire trucks. That's really great. Adderall's holding its first downtown trick-or-treating. It happens today from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., and it's right next to Ryan and Sons. If you can stop in over there, they're going to give you a, um, a list of all the storefronts, 33 storefronts uh, that are participating in the trick-or-treating. So you go from store to store to store to store, and that's a really great thing. The Adderbro. The Greater Attleboro Area Council for Children is holding a donation drive again today. Clothes and other goods collected will go to Savers to raise money for the council. Um, they do so many great things, and um, donations they're looking for are clothes, 
shoes, bedding, towels, um, accessories, and um, donations can be dropped off at the Brennan School at 135 County Street from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., and um, they're going to have a final collection um, next week from 8 to 10, so want to make sure that you do that. And um, let's see. Oh, yeah, Oktoberfest at Patriot Place is happening today from 1 to 5. Oh, come on down for German yard games, including a stein-holding competition. I'm sorry, a keg rolling. That would be something to see, right? Unbelievable. But they've got uh, a costume contest, and they've got great food. They've even got a, a German band going to be playing, so lots of arts and crafts and things like that. And that happens at Patriot Place North Marketplace. Um, Plainville Lions Spooktacular is set for today from 3 to 5 p.m. Um, it's at Teleford Park on South Street. You'll see everybody out there with all the kids. It's a great family fun day. Don't forget. And also next Saturday uh, is trick-or-treating at Patriot Place. And um, actually, that is not Saturday. It is Thursday night uh, from, let's see, Actually, there's two sessions, one from 11 to 1 and 5.30 to 7.30 on North Marketplace. Again, it's free and lots of candy and all that good stuff. But also, too, just to make sure that you realize that um, there's a lot of uh, candy that's being tainted. So we want to make sure that you um, check the kids' candy this year more than ever. And I'm sorry to say that, but that's true. And uh, one last thing, there is going to be a diaper drive. I'm sorry I didn't mention that earlier. The Attleboro Youth Commission will be holding a diaper drive from 10 a.m. today to noon to benefit the Hebron Food Pantry. And uh, they're going to be collecting a lot of diapers and wipes and things like that. Um, let's see, baby formula, diapers, and uh, diaper creams, baby powder, and all that other good stuff. You can drop it off at the VFW Post, 122 on Park Street. Woo! So with just a one minute for you, my friend, go ahead. So, what a day, huh? What, what a day, yeah. What a great It goes great by day. so fast. Hi, swai, swai, sufa. That, that sounds like a, uh, that Stein... <laughs> We're going to have a uh, a beer tasting at my work. I um, I have German beer for them and Budweiser oh, yeah. and um, a whole bunch of other things and pretzels and stuff. My and dad used to play in a German German for uh, real. Band. Yeah, it's called the Double Eagle Oktoberfest band. He used to he used to be uh, he used to play. Wow! And this time of the year was always busy. You know, always uh, between September. Late September and for the month of October. Oh, yeah. Oktoberfest yeah. is huge. It's huge. You see all the pictures of Germany when you go over there for the big, the German and they all halls dress up are huge. Lead, yeah, and, and all it's that just really stuff. great. It's, it's yeah. So great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What a busy day. It's great. What are you doing the rest of the day? So I actually am going to the Alleboro Animal Shelter because I'm picking up a cat. I'm adopting a cat. You are? Yeah. A one year old cat. Wow. Good for you. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I haven't I had a cat in many years since my last cat that we had to put down in 2008. And mm -hmm. and what kind of cat are you getting? Um, a female cat. Um, a, it's a tiger cat. Yeah, very, very, very friendly. Tiger oh, good. Cat, I was just gonna say, is it friendly? <laughs> very friendly. Yeah. Good. Very affectionate. That's great. Will you come back next Saturday uh, when I have Representative Hawkins oh, yeah. here? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll do great. The political, and we can talk about uh, the questions. The questions, the ballot questions. Yes, too. we'll do that at seven forty-five. Since uh, Sabrina is uh, not going to be calling in anymore till next year. Yeah. Oh yeah. But thank you for coming on. I do My have to pleasure. wrap up, and uh, I'm going to the farmers market shortly myself. I okay, hope you get yeah. a chance to after yeah, you adopt I'll your kitty, uh, maybe check it out. Yeah, because I have to go 
down there at 11.30. So um, before that, I'll go to the farmer's market. I'll grab my Dunkin' Donuts coffee first. And, and yes, got to do that. That's yeah. for sure. That keeps us going. That's for sure. I got to run on Dunkin'. Oh, everybody runs on Dunkin', that's for sure. Or Borealis Coffee at the farmer's oh, market. Oh, yeah, th- there you that go. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on. My pleasure. All right, my friends. That's it for us for this week. I'd like to thank our sheriff here who was kind enough to uh, come in early and talk to us, uh, meteorologist Jim Corbin, my producer, Mike Catanzaro, and you, our listeners. If you're having an event and you'd like me to mention it, just send me an email at radiolady34 at gmail.com. With just seven more shows to go, I'm Elaine LaRoche, and from all of us here at WARA 1320, thanks so much for listening, and I invite you to meet me back here each and every Saturday for just a few more weeks from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. when we do this all again.